We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Maddie Lane, I see you repping the frogs today. I don't know why. It's a rough day to be repping the frogs right now. Well, you know, some of us support teams that make it to the college football championship and the others support teams that lose to Arkansas and some obscure bowl game. So, you know, it is what it is. Kent, come with the throat. Get put down, you little Jayhawk fan. Go cheer for basketball, a sport that doesn't matter. How you wow. Doing? Wow. Well, I mean, I was kind of hoping that this football game would be a little bit more competitive that was happening tonight, the national championship game for college football. But it's not, so I'm very glad that I have backup plans to talk to you fine gentlemen about Chiefs football, the number one seed in the NFL, in the hey, AFC. Yeah, in yeah. the AFC, we'll take it. Count. it. They're, they're winning the damn Look, thing. It's the fine. AFC, the AFC is the SEC of, uh, of the NFL, it's if true. we're being honest. This is an absolute gauntlet. We'll be talking about uh, the AFC playoff field here a little bit today. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you wouldn't mind. Uh, helps us grow the channel, helps more Chiefs fans find it. We have like 18 different Chiefs shows running every single week, getting you ready for uh, the next game. And, you know, we'll be here all of draft season two. I, I'm uh, Maddie, we might have to do some draft content here later, later this There's week. There's no might. Uh, we're definitely going to have <laughs> draft content. The amount of people that, that have asked, the people are speaking, the people are asking, the people are demanding. People, yeah. I mean, myself and the one other person that has messaged me. They want some draft shows during these bye weeks. Speaking of NFL draft, I want you all to go back to the days of April, late April 2017. And the ninth pick of the 2017 NFL draft is hit. And uh, all of a sudden, the Kansas City Chiefs show up on the clock with the 10th pick in the draft. But wow, the Chiefs are trading up to eventually acquire Patrick LeVon Mahomes. John Ross is putting on a Bengals cap and walking to the stage to celebrate a momentous occasion in his uh, NFL career. Well, now another momentous occasion in his NFL career has occurred. As John Ross, the former uh, ninth pick right before Patrick LeVon Mahomes, uh, has signed a futures contract with the Kansas City Chiefs for the 2023 season. Matthew Lane, what was your draft take on John Ross at the time? Whenever, If you can go back to 2007, where did you have John Ross? What did you think of John Ross? Obviously, the speed was very apparent as he lit the combine on fire. I mean, you really want to know this? You're really going to make me say this about a, a, a now futures chief? Um, I want to know where, what round you had evaluated it. Because, I, I, because look, obviously things have not gone well from a ninth pick perspective, but I'd like to know where you Not surprising. 
Um, well, not in the first round. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly which round I would have had him in there. I watched him. I wasn't particularly high on John Ross. I thought he did one thing well, and I thought even the slightest breeze knocked him off of that one thing that he did well. And as soon as you took him out of the Pac-12 versus all that space and everything that you get to play with in that conference, then it was going to go poorly. And uh, this is one of the times where, you know, it seems like I may have been semi-correct in my thoughts there. Uh, the speed still shows up on the NFL field. Like when you watch him in the NFL, he's still really darn fast. It's just when you don't have play strength and I don't think, I think he suffers from something that other track fast players but not football fast players suffer from they don't just naturally understand space and how to run away from people while maintaining that speed that's him i think when he has to change directions to avoid people he has to lower his eye level he has to change his entire body and i think that shows up so he i don't think he plays as fast as he actually is and that's kind of carried over from college like i was always a day two john ross kind of guy and even then it was based purely on just how fast he is and so i I was surprised when he went as high as he did, even though it was kind of telling that the NFL was going to overdraft him. I mean, four two two speed is I, like te- teams just go gaga for it. I mean, it's it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, if you run that fast, teams are going to try and figure it out, and that's what the Bengals tried to do. Obviously, it didn't work out. A lot of injuries so far in his NFL career. Most recently, played with the Giants in 2021. Was just completely out of the NFL this past year. We can say that now the regular season is over, completely out of the NFL. So you're not getting a guy that, you know, was maybe just injured and was rehabbing or, you know, just wasn't in the right situation. Like the NFL told you this past season, hey, we don't we don't think that he should be on a roster this year. So it, it also makes perfect sense, coming back to the reason why this move is made, he is fast. You have that trump card. You have that ability to get vertical. We've seen the Chiefs this year have lacked a little bit of that verticality out of their offense. They're certainly adding it as of late. But you want a guy that can maybe take the top off the defense a little bit more. You maybe don't have McCole Hardman next year, Justin Watson next year, MVS next year. Buy low on John Ross, a super fast guy for nothing. He's a reserved futures guy. So if it doesn't work out, if you don't even make it through, you know, this offseason, if he gets hurt yet again, you know, when you're doing OTAs or something like that, it's no sweat. Didn't cost you anything. You've just got to get a guy in the building that can work with Patrick Mahomes a little bit more. See if they can get along. See if that's something that Patrick wants as well for nothing. But um, yeah, I don't have high expectations for this move because he's only played in 37 of 81 games in his NFL career. I'm not including this past year in that, by the way. It's not like him being out of the NFL this past year is included in that. 37 of 81, just can't stay healthy, struggled to stay healthy in college. Just one of those guys is snake-bitten a little bit. And so I don't have high expectations, but at the same time, you didn't give up anything for him. So he makes sense to have in the building. Uh, his career yards per catch is 15.4 yards per catch. That's oh, it's, a lot. It's massive. Yeah. That's a lot for an NFL receiver. His last year, uh, 2021 with the New York Giants, 20.4 yards per reception in a limited capacity. I think the Chiefs' logic here is, hey, he's got a trump card, like, like Craig said, and Andy Reid is the best at exploiting a player's trump cards. So, uh, you know, I think that's... You know, that's what they're probably looking at here is a, a vertical stretch guy that can really challenge down the field um, and and pairing him with the quarterback that is best equipped to potentially do that. That's why I think they're taking the flyer on the former number nine pick in the NFL draft. John Ross has been signed to a reserve futures contract tracked with the Kansas City Chiefs. Went one pick before Patrick LeVon Mahomes, and now he'll be catching passes at least this offseason from Patrick Mahomes. Maddie, you wanted to jump in. Maybe. Craig, Craig, did you want to t- jump in real quick uh, at, uh, about Ty Freifogel from Indiana? Yeah. Also signed today? Absolutely, I do. Um, I was a big fan of Freifogel coming out of the draft. I, you know, When I got to watch him a couple of years ago, wasn't necessarily so much previous year. Watch his tape against Ohio State and that trio of cornerbacks. That was 
Sean Wade, Damon Arnett, and Jeff Okuda, I believe. And he absolutely whooped up on Sean Wade that entire game. And that was before that was when Sean Wade still had the hype. Like that was when everybody was like, Sean Wade's a round one prospect. And I watched Hyfro Freifogel, this giant, you know, basically huge go up and get the ball type receiver, just punk him time after time after time. He's got a he's not that long when he got into the NFL, though. He's not like a Chase Claypool type, but he plays like it. Big dude runs a four five, so it's not like he's gonna be some some blazing guy there, but he does have a 39-inch vert, so he can go up and get the ball a little bit. He's a guy that I like. Just as a bigger kind of body receiver, Chiefs don't have a ton of those either. I mean, they got Justin Ross on on the roster here. If they bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, another guy that costs nothing that I liked a little bit out coming out of Indiana. Honestly, I, I would be more excited for the future prospect of Ty Fryfogel than I am John Ross. Um, I just don't think John Ross. John Ross has had his chances in the NFL to showcase what he can do, and outside of one year with Cincinnati, where he did, you know, have a couple plays where he did make an impact, he really hasn't done much, and he's kind of faced the same struggles year after year, play after play, and just hasn't gotten fixed. He's you know 27 years old now. It's not like he's super young anymore in the world of the NFL to expect something. Fry Fogel's entering his second season of the NFL. Yeah, he's got a weird build. He's kind of built. He's yeah. not the same player, but he's kind of built like Jamar Chase, and he looks like a little bit like a running back, but he's very explosive, and he's pretty dense. So he puts a guy on his back, and then he's able to go attack the football despite not having crazy length. He's got big hands, you know, big old, big old hands out there, good catch radius, can jump up high. So I don't know. I, I think there's a little something there. That tape that he had that year with a healthy Michael Penix in Indiana was phenomenal. I believe it was, what, 2020 would it would have mm -hmm. been? Uh, yeah. It was great. And especially that game against Sean Wade in Ohio State. I mean, Sean Wade, you know, we had questions about him during the NFL, right? Like it, it wasn't a perfect match to the NFL for him, but he was still a quality college football player. And, I mean, he beat the brakes off of him in that game. So, I don't know. I'm just – I am slightly intrigued about what he has next year in camp. I think he does a little more for me than John Ross does. Do us a favor, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching this. Helps us grow the channel. Thanks to everybody watching, hanging out. I don't blame you uh, if you have turned off the national championship either. <laughs> uh, it is <laughs> – as recording is, uh, Max Duggan has just thrown another interception. It is about to be 38-7 to Georgia. So, yeah. Yikes. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be here uh, for a little while to hang out and talk football. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the AFC uh, because we have clarity on the outlook of the AFC seedings since we've last talked. Obviously, the Chiefs took care of business against the Raiders. We spent time in the postgame show talking about that. Normally, this is another kind of postmortem kind of day, you know, where we're breaking down the game. But, you know, at the same time, I think everybody's attention's kind of turned already this you know i think everybody's focus is kind of already changed from okay what did we see in the raiders game what does or doesn't you know what what did we learn about this team's ability to win a super bowl this year i don't know what to take away much more from the raiders game it's time to talk a little about just you know what we're what the chiefs are facing now you know this is a this is a seven team field we teased at the top this is a extreme this is the strongest side of the nfl uh, of the conferences the the afc is clearly a better conference uh than than the nfc and the chiefs are about to experience the gauntlet uh real quick just laying out the seedings if you don't know them off the top of your head that's okay the two seed is the buffalo bills the three seeds the cincinnati Bengals. the four seed the jacksonville jaguars the five seed the los angeles chargers the six seed baltimore ravens seven seed Miami Dolphins. That is your field. That's who the Chiefs will be competing against to uh, make it out of the AFC side of things. And, you know, I, we, we can kind of go in reverse, I think. I look at the Dolphins, and I don't think that there's any chance that they're making it out of the divisional round. They look like they are they're running on fumes out of out of my on the way on you know, they're running on fumes into the uh, into the AFC playoffs. I just have very little hope that this team is going to be able to compete with the Buffalo Bills uh, in the two-seven matchup. Um, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I do. 
Uh, they just went up to like a blizzard in Buffalo not that long ago and very much competed with them. And it really only fell apart when the snow got so ridiculous and the wind got so bad that Tua couldn't function as a quarterback in that weather. Now, yes, it's in Buffalo. The weather might be bad again, but it got so bad that I mean, Tua literally couldn't throw the ball 10 yards without the ball like affecting what he did and the Miami Dolphins you know didn't make it easier on him they weren't running a bunch of comes back comebacks they were kind of just running a lot of screens and just making it pretty easy for the Bills so I don't know they we we have a sample size recently of this team very much hanging with the Buffalo Bills and they and they also beat them earlier in the year it was in Miami there was heat claims that it was too hot for the Bill fans to play or Bills to play or something weird um so I don't know. The Dolphins have played them close. Like I, I think they can hang. Do I expect them to win? I don't know, but I think it's pretty clear they can hang. And if they get healthy, I mean that that offense is it's dangerous. I mean, like that's that's the best thing to say. That offense is very very dangerous when healthy. They can put up points and they can put them up in a hurry. So like, I wouldn't want to play the Dolphins. I guess would be a good way to say it. Now, hmm. how they look the past couple games? Eh, maybe not. But I think they are they are a more frightful team than well just about any of the other uh, wild card teams. I I would agree with that, especially with Tua back. If Tua we, is back, he did well, guys, not. What he, we don't know if Tua is back. Cleared. Yeah, still not cleared. Obviously, that changes everything. I do not think that Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson can beat the Buffalo Bills, uh, and I'll be just completely clear with that. Skylar Thompson did a good job of getting that team over the line, getting them into the playoffs. Good for him. I, I just think it's a different level of opponent there. If Tua's there, though, you got Tyreek Hill. You've got Jalen Waddle. Raheem Mostert looks like he's got a broken finger, but Jeff Wilson Jr. is a good running back. He's perfectly – Matty, he's the, he's the running back, Matty. Matty he's, is he he's another receiver? Back. No, no. He's Back well, up I mean, to he's Mike Gesicki? No, no, that's Durham Smythe. Um, <laughs> but they've got some weapons on, on that side of the ball, and they have the potential to get vertical and score in a hurry – and then on the defensive side of the ball, they're getting after the passer a little bit. You know, Jalen Phillips has come on really strong lately. Christian Wilkins has been really good. You know that that secondary is suspect, but I, we talk. I talk about game breakers a lot. They've got some on both sides of the ball that can really ruin an afternoon for Buffalo. And it does look like it'll be in the 30s. Uh, Buffalo is going to get some snow on Saturday, but this game is noon arrowhead time so i it shouldn't be a weather affected game really unless some unless the forecast changes if two is healthy they got a shot like i i really do honestly believe that they have a shot in this game and can hang with buffalo at least make them have to contend all game long i don't think it's a blowout man i i don't i don't know I, I look at the I look at the the situation with Tua and the last time we saw him actually perform on a field, he was off because of yeah. a concussion. And it's a few weeks removed. This is his second or third concussion of the season. Probably third. Raheem Mostert, their leading rusher, is out. Tyreek Hill was limping yes uh yesterday. I just there's to, no to be fair how many times as a chiefs fan have you seen tyree kill limping and then the very next game he just comes out and goes for 200 I yeah, mean, it, yeah. has, is he ever not limping <laughs> yeah but chad hen but chad henny was th is is like it's like chad henny is throwing him the football this week like i just i don't know i'm i'm a little dubious of if the you know if the chiefs are or if the dolphins are going to be able to hang i actually i don't have a ton of confidence i do have confidence in tucker franklin to tell us a little bit about DraftKings though the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet on the NFL playoffs anywhere else? As Chiefs fans, we get to kick our feet up this weekend and watch all this wild card round action and get to experience the phenomenal app that DraftKings Sportsbook has. And here's what you got to do to get these deals. You got to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL and get 
get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Okay, before we jump into this, can't I'm sorry, buddy, but I wanted to put this take out into the world. Oh, do it. Because we just saw the snow globe, reindeers on parade, whatever they want to call it. Put this in the Discord, had a little bit of discussion. I woke up this morning. Patrick Mahomes said that they installed this play early last year. Early last year, let's see, why would they have wanted to install a play where they go in a circle, you know, just round and round there at another team's facility, specifically the Raiders mm. going around their facility? Do you guys think the way that I do that this this play was installed for the Raiders specifically to troll John Gruden initially, and then obviously he gets fired, and then they're just like, well, we still got it in the pocket. Let's break it out in the red zone this week. I think the circle huddle was. Yeah. I don't know about the play itself, but I think that's. Oh, I don't know either, but the circle huddle. That's what (laughs) I'm talking specifically about. Circle huddle, I think for sure. For sure. I want to, I want to believe it. I love the story. Like, I want to believe that. But I think after the uh, whole Rolls Bowl right parade thing or whatever, I think they were just trying to find fun, goofy stuff that they can mess around and do. And it became jumping in circles. (laughs) I don't. I think it would have. I think it would have come out in the final game of the year, no matter who they played. I don't think that would have been reserved to only play against the Raiders. I think it's just crazy the lack of sportsmanship that the Chiefs had in the 2020 Super Bowl. You know, trailing by three and running Rose Bowl right parade because apparently, according to somebody on Twitter, uh, that's poor sportsmanship to have a cool play that actually worked. Okay, hold on. That There's had a, a function. It's a unique sugar huddle, is all it is. But, they but they it, line up quick. Di- there's a little difference. I no, I <laughs> there's refuse. There's a little difference, the, but the shift, but the okay, the shift during the Super Bowl play, like it actually was a shift at the line of scrimmage. You were creating actual confusion there. The, they were the dancing sugar, like the four tops in the back, like the sugar huddle part. I agree with the quickly breaking the huddle and sprinting to the line. I full on agree with the spinning part. That was just done just to to get attention, which it did from people watching and defenders. Oh. The Raiders for going around and around Arrowhead two years ago. Well, the Chiefs got another victory at Arrowhead Roomba in Las Vegas. Uh, Bengals are the sixth seed, as we just we just mentioned. I think they're kind of in a similar situation where the fate of their quarterback kind of Dep- like depends on if this team's going to compete. They are, you know, the 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 Dolphins are ten and a half point underdogs. Uh the Ravens are six and a half point underdogs right now. It was five and a half points yesterday when I saw it. It's the fate of the quarterback, I think. Whether or not Lamar Jackson is going to play is whether or not this team is going to be able to be competitive uh, as well. Although I'll be honest with you, I think I, I have more hope for the Ravens to keep things a little bit close, even with. Tyler Huntley than I do right now with with Teddy Bridgewater and the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I think the Ravens with Huntley are a better team than the Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater are. Right? Like, I I fully agree with that. I still though, I wouldn't expect them to win. Like, I think the Ravens beating the Bengals with Tyler Huntley seems like a very very tall task. I'm 
I think we're all kind of waiting for there to be news. Is Lamar Jackson playing or is he not? Because if he is able to play, that's entirely different, especially based around like the offense did what Anthony Brown just ran for the Ravens this past week versus the Bengals going to Lamar Jackson. Like that's an entirely different proposal. And not that the Bengals would be silly enough to try to rely on what just happened in that game to beat them again, if Lamar was going to play, but that changes everything. I don't know if going from Brown to Huntley changes much of how you prepare. If you're the Bengals, you can probably ride on pretty much the same principles, the same concepts that you are using defensively, the same structure. Lamar changes all that. So if he plays, this game gets infinitely more interesting I just don't know if he's going to. I don't know if he's not. And even and even beyond that, you know, we got to look at Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbs. It's like they had a lot of guys that mm-hmm. were healthy-ish scratches. They've been dinged up this year. They didn't play this past week versus the Bengals. So it could still be a good game if it's Tyler Huntley. I just think it's a really good game or interesting game if it's Lamar Jackson. I just don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. No, I think if it's a Lamar Jackson, I think that it's competitive. I, I think everybody's going to look at that game that occurred this past weekend between the, the Bengals and the Ravens, they're going to look at it and be like, hey, that was an 11-point game with a third-string backup. It's like, eh, maybe the Ravens will be a little bit salty. That game was over at halftime. There was a 21-point 21, 21 lead, and the Bengals just just basically went, okay, we got this. We're just going to let it happen and not going to reveal anything. We got to play this team probably again here in another week. So don't give them anything. Don't do anything there. I think the Bengals would have blown the doors on them off of them if they would have kept the foot down now that being said anthony brown turned the ball over four times anthony brown got sacked four times anthony brown went 19 for 44 i mean just an absolutely abysmal quarterbacking performance and that's to be expected again i'm not trying to dunk on anthony brown he's third string quarterback here but lamar jackson's better than that this game stays closer for longer Cincinnati will have to press a little bit more in that instance. This game would go to the wire because it's a divisional game. It is very difficult to play against the division when you're in the playoffs because you you keep stuff in the division. You bust stuff out against the division because you really want to win every single one of those games. What happens at the third time? The play calling changes. You've seen a lot of the, the other team's good stuff. That's why the Bengals pulled the reins back in the second half. So what happens now with Lamar Jackson out there? Nothing to lose for either team. I think it's a back-and-forth affair if Lamar Jackson plays. I think that the spread comes way down if Lamar Jackson plays. I say way. Down to about three points for the Bengals in that instance, maybe four. And then in that case... I think it's a competitive game. I think it's back and forth all the way to the end. I still see the Bengals winning. They are the better team, in my opinion. But I'm also not surprised if Lamar goes crazy against that team and just keeps them in it, gets a playoff win for him, and a big one over the Bengals. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. If you're watching this, please helps us grow the channel. Really, really appreciate everybody watching uh and and hanging out with us right now uh and if you're listening to the show uh please feel free to leave a five-star review helps us uh, grow as well on on your itunes uh or on your apple please feel free to to leave uh, a five-star review there as well los angeles chargers are the five seed they made uh, brandon staley did something just egregious yesterday and it might have come back to bite him mike williams Joey Bosa, Justin Hurt, like they they played their starters in a meaningless football game that did not matter. Still lost, mind you, and and Mike Williams got hurt. Joey Bosa left the game early. Kenneth Murray left the game early. They had like they put themselves at risk for nothing, Matt. Like. I explain this, Matthew. I don't understand. I don't like well, is there see, any logic okay, no, behind no, 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 no. I got it. You only have so many players you can choose from, <sighs> and there's only so many ways that you can you have to put players on the field, right? So like you have to put, you know, 51 of these guys out there and they have to go play. You only have so many options. So, like, how am I not gonna play Joey Bosa and Mike Williams and Justin Herbert? and Keenan Allen, how am I not going to play those guys? Like, I don't know the giants did when their game didn't matter or like numer or like, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did when it didn't matter. 
That's just not possible. Like Brandon Staley told me it's not possible to not play your injured stars who have lived through the entire year. He said it wasn't doable. So you think you just have to take it for face value? I mean, uh, you know, listen, Chargers are a pinnacle of health. So maybe they thought that they'd just keep it going. Keep it going. Just and it clearly they need to fire Brendan Staley and get Eric Bieniemy in there because the Chiefs trained their backups to be starters. And this would be a perfect time for them to be in there. I, I don't know what they were doing. Mike Williams, They it looks like it's going to be okay that he's going to play on Saturday, but he's going to be gimpy. He's going to be limited. Bosa shouldn't have even been in that game. Like Seriously, they got nothing to play for. He's one of your game breakers. Don't do it. And then after he's hurt, after he's limping a little bit, they're just kind of, okay, well, maybe we'll try and get him back in there. It's not like with the Chiefs and Frank Clark. The moment he's like, ah, I got a little bit going on with my, my groin or my hammy, and the Chiefs are just, nope, you are out. Like, we need you. I don't get it. I don't I, I never understood it. I never understood, especially at that point, there was nothing the Chargers had to gain. Why Justin Herbert even played in that game. Chase Daniel came in that game in the fourth quarter when the Chargers were down. Like Chase Daniel should have played that whole game. There's no reason. I know you get reps and there's only so many players you can play. Man, you got special teamers, you got backups, you got all these guys. You end up losing to the Broncos anyway. There's nothing you gained. There's no moral victory here by playing your starters in this game. The only thing that can happen is you get hurt, and this franchise is so snake-bitten by injuries that, frankly, all of them should have been sitting. You practice squad elevations, too. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing... Call a bunch of random dudes off the street. The thing that kills me about this is that they lost... Yeah. <laughs> and they were losing to the Denver Broncos. It wasn't just that they lost like when oh they put Chase Daniel in and he Tyler Braid it and no, they just lost. Justin Herbert, I know they weren't showing much, but like what kind like those are the vibes you want your team heading into getting some work in against the Denver Broncos, getting beat by the Denver Broncos? Like I don't know. I I don't like it. And like the the Chargers have the least amount of time to recover and prepare. They're traveling to Jacksonville for a Saturday football game. They are traveling across the country with injured players to play a Saturday football game. Mike Williams had to be helped into the bus after the game. Now, Brandon Staley has said that he might, he might practice Wednesday. Maybe he'll practice Wednesday. No structural damage or muscle injury. It's just a contusion that required assistance to walk. So it's no big deal. Um, it's a wild decision. It feels like Brandon Staley guy kind of caught fire there for a little bit, getting hired to the Chargers as the head coach. And then he caught fire a little bit based around fourth down decisions of being aggressive. And he kind of got like pinned as some kind of like super smart, super progressive, analytically minded coach. It's a great like decision maker. It's great in with situations. I don't know. The more it goes in this year one, he's definitely taken a step back when it comes to like that aggressiveness, because well, that aggressiveness cost him games last year. So he's taken a step back this year to when he's actually made pretty poor decisions for the most part, according to the same models that liked him last year, but even his situational coaching in games or personnel decisions right now, like in this week, including highly suspect, it's almost like he's thinking way too much about each decision he has to make now trying to like maintain this level of I don't know I don't know what the goal is here like he very clearly came out and knew he had to answer this question instead of just saying like I messed up he tried to defend some kind of decision like he really thought about it and I was like I don't know I don't know about that guy right now he's he's going a bad place and like yeah that includes Jacksonville as we can say Jaguars team that's playing pretty good football right now so uh you know that that's an interesting game I, I was surprised the Chargers were favorites I am not. I, frankly, I'm not. I, this, this Jaguars team, which I like them. Craig's I, I Jaguars. You, pre- Jaguars. You, predicted, you predicted this in the, in the preseason. I did. I did. I, I predicted they were going to win the division. I said uh, the Lions were going to be. I, I had the Lions as the seven C last year or in our predictions, and I came that close. Just I'm going to take that. I'm going to take I, that moral I, victory. Listen, I appreciated the fighting Dan Campbell's fighting until the very end there. No, the I Jaguars have been playing pretty well. ETN's got some juice. This Chargers rush defense can't 
stop anybody. So, I mean, like there, there, there's ability there. Trevor Lawrence is playing a little bit better, but this is also a Jaguars team that just struggled with Josh Dobbs and Josh Dobbs did not look particularly good in that game. It took a fumble recovery for a touchdown with two minutes left to go in the game to go up on that team and eventually win. I mean, they, they've got some pieces, um, but I get why the Chargers are favored there with Keenan Allen. I get it. Even if Mike Williams is dinged up, I get, and I understand it. And then if Joey Bosa can play, you still got Khalil Mack on the other side. You got some pieces over there. So I understand it. Now I know that his Jaguars team beat the brakes off of them earlier this year, just slaughtered them. But I expect a more competitive game here. I really do. I think the Chargers are going to hang with them. And I know it pains me to say it. I think Justin Herbert's getting his first playoff victory this season. I do. I, I think that I think that there wasn't a whole lot that was going on there. Like Maddie was saying, they were kind of keeping things close to the best, which is even more reason not to play your players. But, you know, I do think that it's going to be a better game. And I think that the Chargers will come out on top this, of this one, even though I would love the Jaguars to win this game. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. The Jaguars are 6-7 and seven since the bye week. They are playing a different brand of football than they were pre-bye week. And look, mm-hmm. I know every game hasn't been pretty, but if we are judging football teams for barely beating a backup Titans quarterback, I have a uh, I have a game to show you too. So okay. I I just I you know I I don't know I I don't know if I'm putting too much like I don't know if I want to base too much off of that, but I do agree. Like I I I think I would tend to to believe that the the Chargers are probably going to pull this one out, but this Jaguars team is not your mom's Jaguars. I don't know why I said your mom's. I whatever it's not your uh, whatever my mom's jaguars team is this jaguars team so i don't know what you're talking I, about i don't know i don't what I, is happening I, that's gonna... okay i'll be the only one to pick the jaguars that's fine give me the jaguars uh awkwardly two teams that have lost the denver broncos this year are facing off in the playoffs <laughs> who would have ever thought that was coming yeah. um both of them you know were on a pretty you know like both of them have one loss in their last five games for the chargers i think you said seven games for the jaguars like it's two teams that are kind of playing all right but then you want you go and look at some of the games and you're watching them they definitely weren't all pretty you have two teams that are kind of winning on the backs of their quarterback um, one of them with the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence just seems to make a couple critical errors every single game that stop them from being like really good. The other one has an offensive system that holds them back and plays into what are already some of his weaknesses of being a little uh, hesitant and a little bit too, I don't know, cowardly and Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So it's like, which one is going to break the most out of their shell? I think wins this one. I think the Jags are going to be really amped to be in the playoffs with this team, with this young roster with Doug Peterson. I mean, you're telling me that I'm going to pick Brandon Staley, take Brandon Staley, who's out here talking about he can't find a way to not play Mike Williams and Joey Bosa. And Justin over Herbert. Doug Peterson. And Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and we're out here picking Brandon Staley, who can't find a way to not play Joey Bosa for one week to beat him in a football game. Traveling. I you know what? I'm starting to think. I'm starting. I'm starting to gives the nerd a wedgie. Saturday game, traveling east. Brandon Staley. I don't know. I mean, listen, Maybe, I can't I pick be, every upset picking. in the first round of the AFC game, so this is the one I'm not picking. What? I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> Peterson comes out with. You're watching this. If you like the content here at KC Sports Network, leave a five star review on Apple. Helps us immensely appreciate everybody watching we've got a lot of people watching today uh shout out the national championship for that too we'll get a little little bump there too i think uh we're talking about the cincinnati Bengals now and part of me wants to just clump the Bengals and bills together into this conversation because like i think we look at both of these teams like the Bengals and the bills and these are the two very obvious teams to uh to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs and I we can we can kind of compare and contrast both of these football teams but 
one of the most valuable pieces of the one seed is just, yes, the bye week's crucial getting healthy, getting rest. You heard Patrick Mahomes talking in the post game, you know, huddle app, you know, in the locker room. Hey, you know, uh, let's, let's take this week to get better. Well, that's all great. The chiefs only have to play one of the Bengals in the bills. That's that cannot be overstated. Like that is such a very important thing where both of these teams most likely are going to have to beat each other up before they come and play the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'll just I'll, I'm going to ask some questions about both of these teams. First off, who are you most afraid of between the Bills and the Bengals? Matthew. Please, the one that doesn't have a cowardly, fraudulent quarterback leading the team with his fake confidence. I am much more afraid of the Buffalo Bills and the alien that is Josh Allen than that fraudulent little Joe Burrow out here talking about how his Super Bowl window lasts his entire career. No chance. I mean, uh, I'm going with Cincy. Uh, I don't think that this Chiefs team is afraid of either and would rather play Cincy, if I'm being honest, because they want to put a beat down on him. But... I, you know, I, I can see Lou Anaromo coming up with yet another thing to confuse <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, and that terrifies me because this team is going as far as Pat, Patrick Mahomes has taken him. Leslie Frazier's a hell of a coach, but Mahomes has his number most of the time. So you want to tell me that there's one of these defensive coordinators that has proven that they can stop Mahomes? It's Anaromo, and that, that scares me a little bit. I tend to agree with... Matthew, I am more afraid. I know, right? This is that's this, this is a first. I'm I'm more I'm more worried about the Buffalo Bills, and it like I think this is a more complete team with more talent spread across the football team. Where like I do think Lou Anaromo's done some great things to kind of you know slow the Chiefs down, but I don't know. I think the Bill. I think the Bills defense is still a little bit of some of their parts. Where I do, and I and I and I think you know, I think both teams actually play really good te team defense. But man, I I worry a little bit about just the talent spread across all levels of the defense of the Buffalo Bills because you know they've got proven safeties, and we'll see if Micah Hyde is able to return for the playoffs. That could be a big get. Tre'Davious White's not been particularly great since he got back from injury, but like he's still he's shown to be a blue chip player. Um, I think they've got one of the best linebackers in football in Matt Milano pass rush. Obviously they lost their closer in Von Miller, but they've also found some production with a lot of these day two or late day one draft picks, you know, along their defensive line Ed Oliver's a good football player. They've got some guys that can, that can disrupt up front and they've got a deep rotation. So I like the talent spread across there more than I like the Bengals. And I think Josh Allen, I agree with Maddie too. I think Josh Allen's the second best quarterback in football. And I do not want to, I, I, I'm not there with Joe Burrow the same way I am with Josh Allen. Josh Allen has the elite traits to compete. And when he avoids the two or three catastrophic plays, you know, in a football game, he's really difficult to beat. He's a guy that can go toe to toe with Patrick Holmes. We saw him do it last year. I'm scared of Josh Allen more than I'm scared of Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. They're the team I least want to play. We got a long time to talk about, you know, those two teams potentially in their matchup and stuff. I, I will say, I, I almost disagree with that. I think the Bengals are a more well-rounded team. I just think the alien factor of Josh Allen and mm. it does it. I mean, that, that does it for me. And even defensively, I think the bills have slightly better playmakers on each level, but I don't think they're as uh, like deep in terms of their, how good they are at each positions. Like I think they're more top heavy. It's just that Allen's an alien oh. uh, versus the Bengals are a lot more steady. And I don't trust a team that constantly wins versus other good teams by out situational footballing them because only one team's ever done that in the history of the NFL for sustained success. And that's the new England Patriots and try is Joe Burrow wants so badly to be Tom Brady. He is not, he's not even close, but he really wants to be. And there's just absolutely no chance. They are going to continue to out situational football. Every other good team in the NFL again, it's just not happening. So like, I, I think the bills are better. Um, we kind of did as we went through. Do, do we want to pick the AFC games this week? I think we kind of did as we went through. We just like quick, we go through it. So, you know, it's all on record here right sure. now. 
Sure. Uh, I, I will after I ask you this one. Oh, you can ask question. more questions. I got one more Bills Bagels question. Maybe two, but we're going to go this one. I think bagels are better than Bills. Okay. <laughs> That's not where I was going. I was going to ask you who do you think is on upset alert the most? Uh, of the two teams, so I that I we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but who do you think is the highest likelihood to be upset this week, the Bengals or the Bills, Matthew? Which which one's facing a starting quarterback? <laughs> Whichever <laughs> one faces a starting, you have to right guess now. now. Oh, I have to guess which one. Oh, I think Lamar comes back. I think it's been enough time. I think Lamar comes back. So I'm going to go with the Bengals are more likely to lose because I think Lamar is more likely to come back to Tua. Tua is in a very scary spot. Like there's like real long-term health concerns and things to mm -hmm. consider there. I think he will want to, but I think that team has to be real careful with as much of a spotlight as they were under. So like I, I will say the Bengals should be on more of an upset alert because I think Lamar is more likely to come back. I think, yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, I also think that if Tua comes back, that the Bills are, I'm also putting money on them to, to get upset as well. Both of those teams, because I think both of those teams feel confident that they can beat the Dolphins and the Ravens. And both of those teams don't want to show too terribly much because they want to show it next week against each other. And I think that that is going to be very important that they keep everything close to the vest, protect everything. And I think they're both going to get caught. This Bengals team played this Ravens team at a pretty healthy clip earlier this season. That game ended 19 to 17. Ravens. That had a that had Jamar Chase in that game. That had Lamar Jackson in that game. They're a tough team to play against. The Ravens are. TC, you got to stop. <laughs> You're they forced so the punt. You are so behind. I'm not. I was trying to let Craig get like to a slower down point. No, I don't want to completely you still like you are way behind still. No, I'm not. They, so anyway, she's about to I punt think they both game. get upset by both starting <laughs> quarterbacks. <laughs> end of rant. Uh, <laughs> fighting on air. Uh, I, I think it's the Bengals most likely. Um, I think it could even get real ugly and gross, believe it or not, with Tyler Huntley. If Tyler Huntley plays, I still think it could get kind of ugly. Uh, in, in an ugly game, I, I don't know. I think the 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 Bengals will throw a lot at the the or the. I think the Ravens will throw a lot at the Bengals defensively. Um, Alex Kappa probably not going to be playing. Uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, it would appear. So some offensive line attrition. I don't know. I I, I we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that Bengals football team. Yeah, we can go pick. We can go pick them real quick. Let's pick all these games. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Bills. Dolphins predict it, Matthew. Quick score prediction. Uh Bills win this one 27 to 17. Because I don't know if Tua's gonna play. I'm gonna say Tua does play. That's my caveat. Tua does play. The Dolphins win 34 to 31 in this one. Oh, so you are predicting the upset. Yes, straight well, up on the Dolphins it. from the get-go. Oh, yeah, he's been on the Dolphins from, from All the, the way, baby. 31 mm -hmm. to 10, Buffalo Bills get the job done in aggressive fashion. And with or without two, I don't think I don't think the I don't think the the, the Dolphins will pull this thing out. They punted? What? Bang yeah, they punted like three minutes ago. Bengals. Well, why would you? Bengals Ravens score prediction, Matthew. Oh, give me the Ravens. Lamar plays, comes back, they win 25-23 as both teams try to do some goofy stuff with two-point conversions and whatnot. Ravens over the Bengals, 25-23. Fraudulent Tigers, little kitty cats, get them out of here. I'm also taking the Ravens with Lamar back 24-20 in that game. Bengals 27. Ravens 24. Coward. No, accurate. All right, Chargers, <laughs> Jaguars. What you got, Matthew? Uh, Jaguars 34, Chargers 31. Jaguars win a shootout in Jacksonville. Give me the Jaguars. Everyone's partying in the pool there within the stadium as the Jags win a playoff game. 
I know that the Jags beat the Tar out of the Chargers, but that was in week three. That was a long time ago. The Chargers and, are more injured now. And the Chargers are more injured now. <laughs> but they seem to draw strength from that. You know, like I said, they're a pinnacle of health. So, you know. No, I, I think that the Chargers get by in this one. I think this is the most competitive game of the week. I know I picked some close scores in those other ones. I think this one is a lot more back and forth for most of the game. Now, you're not going to see one team jump out to a two-score lead in this one. I've got the Chargers winning this one, and I'm going to say 28-27. Just barely squeak one out. Line is moving towards the Jaguars. That was a two-and-a-half-point line earlier it looks like it's down to one so uh it's it's moving in the jaguars direction give me the jaguars as well uh 24 to 20 i don't think there's going to be as many points as we think but i do think that the jaguars will pull it out that is going to do it for the casey laboratory thanks everyone for listening and hanging out hit the like button hit the subscribe button on the way out Helps us grow this thing. We really appreciate everybody that's been supporting KC Sports Network. We can't wait for the Chiefs to play what we think is the Jacksonville Jaguars most likely. Thanks, y'all. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.